work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at the meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, so we're going to talk about the indictment, right? Every day. It's a new clown show. And while we're talking about the indictment, guess what we're not talking about? We're not talking about Devin Archer's testimony. We're not talking about the transcripts. We're not talking about the Biden crime family. We're not talking about a lot of these things that we should be talking about, the real crimes. The mainstream media makes an excuse. So, you know, these news cycles in this day and age are only about three days long. So three days from now, four days from now, the Devin Archer testimony is not going to have the same impact. They planned this last week. They planned it, and it was evident that Jack Smith was not prepared to deliver his indictment. And it was made clear by a number of people that have been interviewed about this subject that he was ill-prepared, but he had to get the indictment out the day after Devin Archer to hijack the news story and to give the media, the mainstream uh, globalist corporate paid media, the BlackRock owned media, something to chew on, something to talk about other than the Biden crime family. So rather than put them on the defense and keep on defending Joe Biden's indefensible behaviors and crimes, they decided to go after Trump. And, you know, a lot of the rhinos are playing into the hands of the globalists. And they don't, some of them are too stupid to know it. But anybody who tells you that Trump can't win against Biden is being foolish for a couple of reasons. 
One, yeah, it's true that Trump energizes the left because there's nobody on this planet that gets under the left's skin more than Donald Trump. But you have to ask yourself the reason why that is. And when you get to that answer, it's not a valid answer. Make America great again. What's wrong with that? Since when is the American flag a dog whistle for racism and white supremacy? When is that? When is that? Who made that up? You know, I mean, when we take a look at all the globalist agenda, it's it's George Bush's best friend, Tony Blair. It's the King Charles, the pedophiles. It's the radical left, England, Australia, the they're uh, New Zealand. They're they're radical left leaders. You got a socialist running the show up in Canada. These are these are all people that won by election rigging or Uber financing from BlackRock owned companies. This is why they don't want to take the dark money or the corporate money or the international corporate money out of the mix of American politics. And this is why they want open borders and this is why they want concierge apps to process the data and register the illegals and and create the ballots and send out the ballot harvesters and uh, not verify and vet the signature verification and count the votes as needed after people who legitimately show up and show an ID after those votes are counted and Trump's Way ahead, they'll count, they'll ship in a whole bunch of ballots in the middle of the night, and voila, they have whatever they need. And if they don't have that, they have ownership and control of the computer systems. You know, people try to say that Putin is the aggressor. Putin is not the aggressor. The aggressor is the one that controls the speech, the narrative. Putin doesn't have a narrative. He doesn't have a speech. He doesn't have a platform. He can't get his message out. So he is the he is in 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 essence, he is not in control of the conflict. In fact, we know that the Minsk agreement in Ukraine should have been signed. Boris Johnson poo-pooed the whole peace agreement. And Boris Johnson, by the way, nothing for nothing, but Boris Johnson back in 2015 was head of foreign services. Foreign, he was the foreign minister that was overseeing the crossfire, not the crossfire, the Russian hoax uh, coming out of um, the UK. You know, Christopher Steele, Dear Love, all these different players Stefan Halper, um, all these different, Carter Page, remember all that stuff that was going on in England? England is not your friend. And England is woke as heck. And they're gone as a country. They've been overtaken by multiculturalism. And they are no longer English. They're a shell of themselves. What you see is just a shell. 
And it's sad when you see it. It's, it's a country lost to the globalists who basically don't really care about your identity. Yeah, that's right. They don't care about who you are as a person. See, this is the fundamental crux of the problem with the globalists. They see a barcode. They don't see you. You might as well have a barcode tattooed across your forehead or a QR code on your chin for easier access when you go to the airport. Because they certainly have now put chips in your passport. They track your every move with your passport. That's right. They peeled open a passport. And I I just got my passport. I got news for you. It's a thick boarded card now. It's a, you know, when you open up the blue book, it's a thick piece of plastic. It's a whole computer chip. And not only that, but the last time I went to the airport, when I went to France, I had biometrics on my face. Actually, the time before that, I was a domestic flight. I had biometrics on my face. And I looked at the uh, security officer, and I frowned at him. And he kind of looked at me back, and I looked at him sideways, and I'm like, I don't know that I gave anybody permission to biometric my face. I mean, but they did it, and they juxtaposed it. They put that in place. So they have your passport. They have your biometric of your face. They have a chip in your passport. And you scan your passport. They got your face. And it, it's constantly being updated. And they don't even ask you. Like, you don't have any civil liberties anymore. And so this whole concept of globalism and digital currencies, they don't look at you as a human being anymore. They look at you as either herded sheep it's going to basically take a certain amount of calories out of the food chain, the food supply. So you represent, you know, a thousand calories a day or 2000 calories. So you're a 2000 calorie barcode and they're going to figure out what to do with their food supply to feed you just enough for you to get by. The problem is the way they're going we're going to have a not a net zero in carbon. We're going to have a net zero in terms of calories. And people are going to die of starvation. That's what's happening. So today we're going to spend a lot of time not talking about this stupid indictment by Jack Smith. We are going to talk about it a little bit. And the Department of Justice and what, what it's all about. We are going to play some clips. And we're going to get started early. But I have a lot of audio. Uh, we, we've already covered Devin Archer in that business. We're waiting for the transcripts to come out. But we're going to cover a lot about what the globalists are up to. Because really, to me, the biggest problem and what is driving the madness, what is driving the witch hunt after Trump what is driving the third indictment, soon to be a fourth indictment coming out of Atlanta, is going to be, it's all driven and inspired and 
financed and motivated by globalism because they're the ones that are determined to make sure that Donald Trump never sees the inside of an Oval Office again. Because if he pulls out of the Paris Agreement and he puts up the wall, the cartels are out of business, uh, we pull out of the Paris Agreement, the climate climate uh, BSers are out of business, and, um, and China's going to pay the price with tariffs. And Canada's going to be out of business. And if uh, Mexico doesn't stop the flood of people coming through the, our our border, but that that's not even even the biggest problem with the borders now. You know, New York is being overridden, and all these other cities are being overridden. They're actually using the CBP One app now to go to a different port, catch a plane in a different city, and fly into a city in our country. And through all this business, they're getting an ID. And either a Catholic charities type of NGO, non-government organization, whatever, is financing, setting up, putting them into a database, tracking them with a phone, and at some point, they're getting registered to vote. And a ballot is going to be manufactured, a ballot is going to be mailed out, and a ballot is going to be collected and picked up by a harvester. It's going to be filled out by a Democrat harvester. And it's going to be dropped off in a drop box and it's going to be put into a big bin and called upon as needed in a city near you. And so we're going to learn a little bit about this indictment because all of the things I just said are true. I believe them to be 100% true. And so does Donald Trump. And so one of the conspiracies, so-called conspiracies they're trying to charge him on This should never be accepted in a court. It should be, when there's a motion to dismiss, it should be dismissed. But it won't be, because the judge was an Obama-appointed judge in D.C. for this particular case. But it will be appealed on Supreme Court, more than likely. So we'll see what happens. But let's take a listen to this. this. This is a statement from Donald Trump first. We'll take a listen to this. All right. Country is in a very dark place right now. But even after everything the deep state has done to me, I will never give up on America. Mark my words. In 2024, we will win back the White House. We will make America great again. I have no doubt about it. They come at me from left. They come at me from right. The rhinos, the communists, the Marxists, the fascists. We will not only survive, we will be stronger than ever before. We're fighting a fight like nobody ever thought possible, and we're winning. We won in 2016. We had a rigged election in 2020, but got more votes than any sitting president. We're going to win like never before, and we're going to make America great again. I can truly say, I believe, better than ever before. Thank you for all of your support and for all of your prayers. Well, he's uh, fundraising like uh, crazy off of this. This is going to be... I think this uh, is Alina, good. how is the federal government going to prove that Donald Trump knew the election was clean 
but he was saying it was dirty anyway. I mean, first of all, he doesn't think the election was clean. Anybody who's listened to him in the last two and a half years knows that. How are they going to prove that he, he was lying when he said it was dirty? Just what I said. That's right. They, the thing about a criminal level indictment and charge is you have to prove the intent, the mental state of the president at the time, which everybody that knows Donald Trump and has re read his truths know, he still believes the election was stolen. And he has good cause to believe so. I also want to invite Jack Smith to look at the recent decision that we got yesterday, which dismissed Donald Trump from exactly this, defaming somebody by free speech in the First Amendment for election interference, and we won. So I'm sorry, Jack, you got to do your research a little clearer before you write an indictment. He, sh he should have been up on that. All right, but so <laughs> yep, and then let's take a listen to this. The timing of this indictment was coordinated to take the heat off Biden. This is the third time this has happened. You ready? On March 17th, Hunter admitted the laptop was his. And on the very next day, Trump received word Alvin Bragg was indicting him in New York. On June 8th, an FBI document broke that Ukraine paid Biden a $5 million bribe. And the next day, on June 9th, Biden's DOJ indicts Trump on the Mar-a-Lago documents. Yesterday, on July 31st, a Biden insider told Congress that Biden spoke with Hunter Biden's business partners dozens of times. And Hunter was paid handsomely to get his dad to fire the prosecutor in Ukraine. And then today, August 1st, Biden's Justice Department indicts Trump on January 6th charges. The timing of this indictment was coordinated so, to take. Yeah, I mean, it's so clear. I could have read that myself, but I wanted, uh, you know, I like I like when uh, other people also read it. Um, it's it's so obvious, right? It's the very next day. And it's it's a formula and it's designed to hijack the news cycle and to give the corporate media that's carrying water for the Democrat Party and for the globalists cover. It's it's designed to give them something to talk about other than the topic at hand. Let's take a listen to this. By the way, is 15 months away. Yeah, they waited 31 months to bring these charges, mm -hmm. timed perfectly to try to cover up Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's clear foreign corruption. The fact that the president of the United States is compromised. We have Alvin Bragg's indictment for the non-crime of a businessman settling a nuisance claim that has to go to trial. You have Jack Smith's mm -hmm. indictment for a former president, a non-crime of a former president having his presidential records, which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act. They're not going to be able to get this trial done before the election. What about Trump's team? I mean, do they have a way to slow this down? Is there, do they have due process rights where they can say, whoa, 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 we need time to get our ducks in a row? Well, there, there are very legitimate uh, uh, concerns that Trump has. He's been charged with four felonies. They name mm -hmm. seven alleged co-conspirators across five different states. They have dozens of potential witnesses. President Trump has the right to get discovery from all of these potential witnesses and to, to fully defend himself. And that's going to that's going to take more than six months or whatever Jack Smith thinks he's going to do to jam this before the presidential election. Is there a prioritization going on here at all, Mike? Alvin Bragg comes back and says, hey, listen, I want this thing. And, and Jack Smith says, I want this. And you have something coming out of Georgia. Is there a way that the courts can prioritize this? Or is it just first come, first serve? 
That's a very good question, because this is clearly Democrat lawfare against President mm -hmm. Trump to take him out as a presidential candidate because they fear they can't beat him in November of 2024. They don't want to move forward very quickly on their Mar-a-Lago case because you actually are going to have a fair judge and a fair jury. In this D.C. case, you're going to have a jury pool that's 95 percent Trump deranged and a, an Obama appointed judge who has shown in the past that she's not going to be fair. Yeah, and I just want to know your take before I leave you, Mike. What's your big takeaway on these charges today? This is the most laughable of all the charges. They are trying to indict someone for objecting to a presidential election. It's only illegal to object to presidential elections in third world Marxist hellholes. Democrats objected in 1968, 2000, 2004, and 2016, and they didn't get charged with felonies like Jack Smith is pursuing today. Uh, Mike Davis, we appreciate your time as always. Yeah, it was Mike Davis, Article 3. Uh project um really yeah here's a uh, uh merrick garland this this guy was nominated to be the supreme court justice under obama to replace scalia who was murdered uh without a in his bed without a witness nor an autopsy and uh yeah largest investigation in the history of America January 6th where there were no guns and the only people that were murdered uh, were by the state against innocent unarmed c civilians veterans that simply walked into the Capitol building that was let open by the Capitol Police. In November last, I appointed Jack Smith, a special counsel, to take on the ongoing investigation in order to underline the department's commitment to accountability and independence. Mr. Smith and his team, experienced, principled, career agents, and prosecutors, have followed the facts and the law Wherever Any questions about this matter will have to be answered by the filings made. Merrick Garland, I mean, our whole Department of Justice should be ashamed of themselves, really. Um, all right, so. All right, so we want to get to something else here in just a second, but um, I want to listen to this uh, Trump lawyers here. Uh, get to prove the election was stolen. Okay, so this is a this is actually kind of a, a benefit to Trump uh, because now Trump can actually argue each individual case. Let's take a listen. Just to this. moments ago, another indictment handed down by partisan hack Jack Smith, that special prosecutor looking in to President Trump. Four more charges. This one surrounding January 6th and election integrity. The charges are all surrounding conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. All of this is absolutely bogus. I have read through the 45 pages of this indictment, and quite frankly, it reads like an MSNBC Rachel Maddow monologue. Uh, they talk about President Trump, quote, determined to stay in power, quote, determined to spread lies. Truth is, you can't 
charge someone on spreading lies. There's free speech in America. The only problem is President Trump didn't lie about anything. And when you read through this indictment, it spells out every election integrity irregularity, every problem that I called out since 2020. It basically makes the case for President Trump that the election was stolen, and this is how dumb they are. I'm actually celebrating this indictment today. This indictment is the greatest indictment to ever happen to President Trump, because you know what it means? It means discovery, baby, discovery. When you have a court case like this, President Trump can now open up the books of every state that he called into question. Why? Because Jack Smith is such a dope that he laid out every single claim of President Trump of election fraud in Michigan, dead voters in Arizona, people in Pennsylvania acting wrong, concocting votes in the mail-in ballot scheme in Georgia, all of it brought up by Jack Smith, which now means President Trump and his team can subpoena every single person surrounding the election in these states. And just think, if you can raise reasonable doubt in just one state because of this indictment of President Trump, the entire House of Cards falls down. The entire election now gets called into question, which is actually what I said. We know that there was election fraud. We know that the election was stolen from President Trump. And now, President Trump gets a chance to prove it, and even more than that, he gets to haul in every one of these devious Democrats who concocted the mail-in ballot scheme and every other scheme laid out on this program and others. Folks, this is great news for President Trump. Even though it's a witch hunt, even though it's bogus, even though he has the right to free speech, when you talk about discovery, boy... You talk about opening up a can of worms, it'll end up being a can of whoop-ass on Jack Smith and the Democrat. So I'm breaking news. <laughs> All right, so here's the other thing. is No matter what happens with the rigged jury in uh, D.C., Trump will successfully be able to appeal to the Supreme Court. He will not be locked up because, you know, so, so there, I heard this commentary yesterday, and um, one of the things is, is that They'll appeal it. The appeals to the Supreme Court will actually go past the election. So he could then pardon himself. The only case where he can't pardon himself would be the uh, the Georgia case. That one would be uh, out of jurisdiction. You know, that would be a state-level case. So you know, I want to hear um, this uh, James Comer right here. Supposed to suspend all belief and common sense and think that this is all just one, a series of coincidences in these charging documents and the timing of it. I think the American people see what's going on, whether or not this is a weaponized Department of Justice trying to divert attention away from Biden corruption or whether they're trying to take out their chief top political opponent in the upcoming election. The American people see through this. And uh, this is a sad day for the rule of law, and it's a sad day for the justice system in America. Well, right now we see that they are charging him with two counts of conspiracy that require an intent that in the document, as I read it, has no evidence of intent. Uh, they, they cannot, at least, I mean, they're, they're withholding it from him if they have that evidence, but I don't see it yeah. in this document. And that mens rea is required under the statute, period. That's right. And and as someone who's paying close attention to both of these uh, investigations, 
I can tell you with confidence, there's a whole lot more evidence out there that would prove Joe Biden has committed crimes than there are of Donald Trump committing crimes. And that's a fact. And I think, Laura, the American people see that. You know, th- to say that Jack Smith has overwhelming evidence that Donald Trump was the person that that was behind the January 6th uh, attack on the Capitol and, and say there's no evidence that would show Joe Biden had any knowledge of uh, his family receiving millions and millions of dollars from all these foreign nationals that we now know Joe Biden had spoken to or had dinner with or been uh, or uh, uh, met with or messaged. And I think that's preposterous. I think the American people see through this. And I think that every time Donald Trump gets indicted from this point on, he's going to see a bump in the polls. He's going to see an increase in fundraising. And I think what Jack Smith's doing is having unintended consequences for what their ultimate goal is, and that's to take Donald Trump out. Or wound him grievously, they think. You know, wound him and, you know, force him to, you know, raise money or spend money to pay for all these legal bills. Um, And, Congressman, the indictment sounded at one point when you're reading it like they were describing some of the the acts of the Biden administration that you've been documenting. They're saying that faith and because we see that faith in every institution has collapsed under Democrat rule, including, you know, the Supreme Court, the military. So prosecutors claim in the indictment that for the two months after the election of 2020, Trump spread lies to create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger and erode public faith in the administration of the election. Well, the the Biden administration does nothing but spread lies and distrust in public institutions. I mean, that's what they do on a daily basis. I feel like someone broke into our notes on the Oversight Committee and plagiarized them. Only they put them down for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. The damage that Joe Biden has done to our system of, of government is irreparable. And Americans have no confidence in the Department of Justice. They have no confidence in the FBI. They're losing confidence every day in the entire government. And that's not a good thing. They have no confidence in the IRS. I mean, we've got to change that. And all that Joe Biden's doing every day and Merrick Garland every day is making well, a care. bad situation worse. They don't care. Well, they just want to win. They want to uh, have self-preservation. That's the ultimate goal for the deep state bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., and that's self-preservation. Self-preservation. That's it. That's what it's all about. Right there. Self-preservation. Um, we're going to switch gears and get to uh, different issues uh, related to climate and what have you. This is uh, something that's a bit scary. Industrial-owned agriculture is not only given giving us unhealthy food. It's wiping out families, farms, and uh, uh, family farms and allowing China to take control of our landscapes. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody. Here I am in um, Sherwood. Robert Kennedy Jr. Connecticut on Sherwood Island. There's a little woodchuck hole. Shirley Troubadour asked a question about why Gates and China are being allowed to buy up all the farmland in our country. And I'm going to tell you something that I had an experience with. I spent many years, about 20 years, suing the factory farms, the big hog farms, and the big uh, chicken producers like Tyson and Bo Pilgrim and Frank Purdue. But Smithfield Foods was the biggest pork producer. Smithfield Foods. Smithfield came to the state of, of North Carolina. They built a slaughterhouse that could 
process 30,000 pigs a day. And then they had a partner named uh, Wendell Murphy, who was in the state Senate, and he passed 28 laws in the North Carolina State Senate making it illegal to sue a factory farm. He left and went into partnership with Smithfield, created a way to raise pigs. Instead of raising them on farms, to raise them in warehouses called Murphy 1100s. And they, they dropped the price of pork from 60 cents a pound to two cents a pound. It put out of business all 28,000 independent hog farmers in the state of North Carolina and it replaced them with 2,200 factories, all of them either owned by Smithfield or contracted to Smithfield. The only farmers who could stay in business were farmers who signed that contract with Smithfield to, to mortgage their homes, to put those big hog sheds, the Murphy 1100s on their property, and then they lose all control. They become serfs on their own land. Uh, Smithfield dictates all their farming practices. It gives them the food, it, tell, it, it delivers the, the piglets, picks up the, the grown animals, and brings them to slaughter. They put out of business 28,000 farmers, and they control now 80% of the hog production in North, in North Carolina. Because they dropped the price in North Carolina, Iowa had to adopt the same system had to uh, cave in to Smithfield. They ended up taking control of 80% of the hog production in our country. Then they sold themselves to China. So now China owns all that hog production in America and it controls our landscapes. And that's the end of Thomas Jefferson's vision of an American democracy rooted in tens of thousands of independent freeholds each one owned by family farmers, each with a stake in our system of government. And that's why all of this industrial agriculture not only gives us substandard food, but they're also taking control of our landscapes. And that is a huge threat to American democracy. I hope you guys have a good day. All right. So there's that. Then there is this little gem from John Kerry. Let's take a listen. And then we're going to talk about this afterward. Agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world, uh, depending a little bit on how you count it, but it's anywhere from 26 to 33. And we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center as part of the solution. But with a growing population on the planet, we just crossed the threshold of 8 billion fellow citizens around the world. We just crossed that in this last year. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. A two-degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not getting enough to eat. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it doesn't work. So we have to reduce emissions from the food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists, as a basis of physics and mathematics, not ideology and politics or party labels or anything else, as a matter of physics and mathematics, 
and some biology and chemistry have told us these are the consequences. And we already see it happening. And almost everything they've predicted for 30 plus years now is coming true. But the problem is it's coming true faster and bigger than was in fact predicted. <laughs> so he's basically in essence essentially saying get rid of the farmers or cut the farmers' ability to make food in order to save the food supply. And he's expecting you to believe that. And he's using climate hoax as his principal reason and motivation for doing so, which is a basic scam. It says here, frequent private jet passenger John Kerry admits that destruction of the farming industry is essential to achieving net zero. Agricultural contributes to about 33% of all emissions of the world, and we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center. You just can't continue to both. Warm- so basically get rid of the farmer and and save the food. <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody? No, it doesn't. And this is uh, very concerning. These are the same people that want to uh, bioengineer you, bioengineer your food. Um, There's a whole bunch of things here. Um, We're going to get to a bunch of different clips. And... uh, well, let's see where we're going to start here. Uh, let's talk about this one here. Reveals how is, uh, this is CBC. See, well, we have a lot on CBDCs and we have a lot on weather. Um, so let's go ahead and. Uh, all right. Yeah, I wanted to start off with Mike Yeadon, Dr. Mike Yeadon, talking about. Uh, what the what the agenda is really all about. Let's take a listen. This episode, starting in 2020, is never going to end unless enough of us wake up and say, "To hell with it!" You know, we're not we're not going to comply with this nonsense anymore. Um, and I I think what's happening here is, if we continue, we're going to end up all of us carrying digital ID. Now, you might think digital ID is no big deal. Don't you have digital passports? But no, there's something coming, and it's definitely coming, um, that's different. So first, your passport, there's 190 different formats in the world. There isn't one format. What is coming now globally is a single format digital ID. Second, it will be what's called interoperable. When, you, when your ID pings the system, not only can it make a decision as to whether to allow you to enter a door or buy a product, but it can make a mark on that digital ID and edit it. That's not true of any ID at the moment. That's called interoperability, global format. And here's the worst part. It contains all of you, your health data, your unique ID data, your financial data, your driving history, where you live, what you've bought. That is what is coming down the pipe for us. If you don't believe me, then uh, I'm just going to paint a picture as to why. Well, and CBDCs are also going to impact what food you can buy uh, because of diet and and what kind of health care you can get based on your diet. But here's the other part of the equation with regard to our food, and then we're going to get to a bunch of other things. Let's take a listen. 
In 2021, Bill Gates said all rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. Well, he just got one step closer to that utopian dream. On June 21st, 2023, the USDA gave the first ever approval to two tech food startups, Upside Foods and Good Meat, to sell test tube chicken. It's actually cultivated in steel tanks, but you get the idea. Franken chicken sandwich, anyone? Live chicken cells are nourished in a broth of nutrients, and they do what stem cells do and create progeny all over the place. And then the masses of lab-grown chicken muscle are then shaped into familiar cutlets, boneless, no doubt, and sold retail. At least one of the companies is using genetic engineering to promote continuous growth of the cells. It's a little worrying that the proprietary processes used will not be likely open to scrutiny. With the mainstream media fawning all over them, they enthusiastically claim lab-grown meat will bring an end to the high environmental impact of the present meat industry. And then UC Davis Research rained on their parade. They reported the impact of lab-grown meat is likely to be orders of magnitude higher than the real thing. Lots of consumers are apparently averse to their chicken having a steel vat for a mother. But not to worry, the USDA gave the industry $10 million of your money to address consumer acceptance. Now, I'm just wondering, should we be genetically modifying meat of animals that took hundreds of thousands of years to develop into a favorite menu item? Is it just me, or is that arrogance that's likely to end in tears? Yeah, and uh, check this out. So, like, for example, another green myth, some shocking electric vehicle home truths. Okay, electric vehicle truths. Don't get fooled by their so-called science. It's all part of the climate scam. Let's take a listen to this. Shocking facts about electric cars that no one is questioning about. One, battery production. It's estimated that the production of a battery for a Tesla Model S, for example, emits up to 15 tons of CO2, the equivalent of driving a gasoline car for about eight years. 2. Grid load. It's estimated that if one in four cars on the road were electric, it would be equivalent to adding nearly one million new homes to the power grid. 3. Source of electricity. In regions heavily reliant on coal for electricity, an electric car could generate more emissions per mile than a comparable gasoline car. For instance, in 2018, the UK's national grid reported that EVs generate approximately 75 GCO2 slash KM from well to wheel when charged from the grid, compared to 85 to 115 GCO2 slash KM for petrol cars. 4. Battery disposal. Currently, less than 5% of lithium-ion batteries are recycled. This creates a significant waste problem as more electric vehicles enter the market. 5. Rare Earth Mining It's estimated that a single Tesla requires approximately 15 kilograms of lithium for its battery. Lithium mining can use 500,000 gallons of water per ton of lithium. 6. E-Waste As of 2021, global e-waste generation was around 53.6 million metric tons, a number expected to increase with the proliferation of EVs. 7. Manufacturing emissions. The emissions from the production of an EV are around 30% higher than a conventional vehicle, primarily due to battery production. 8. Dependence on non-renewable resources. For instance, a typical electric car battery requires about 25 kilograms of lithium, 30 kilograms of cobalt, 60 kilograms of nickel, and 110 kilograms of copper. 
9. Water usage. To produce 1 ton of lithium, approximately 1.9 million liters of water are used. This has led to water scarcity issues in places like Chile's Atacama Desert, where a lot of lithium is sourced. 10. Cobalt mining issues. About 60% of the world's cobalt is sourced from the Democratic Republic of Congo, where it's estimated that around 20% of cobalt comes from mines that may use child labor. 11. Land use and biodiversity impact. Mining activities for the raw materials needed for EV batteries can lead to significant land use changes and potentially harm biodiversity. For instance, lithium mining in the Atacama Desert has been reported to negatively affect flamingos by disturbing their feeding grounds. 12. Energy-intensive materials. The production of aluminum, which is often used more in electric vehicles than conventional cars due to its lightweight properties, is highly energy-intensive. For example, the production of a single kilogram of aluminum can produce around 10 kilograms of CO2. 13. Lithium availability. There is an estimated 17 million tons of lithium globally, which might seem a lot. However, with an annual production rate of 82,000 tons as of 2020, and considering the growth of EVs, there are concerns about the supply running out. All right. So, you know, the, the same people that are pushing this are the same people that got it wrong about COVID. They're the same people that have been getting it wrong about climate. You know, they made these false predictions 10 years ago, 15 years ago. that never came true. And they're all liberals and they're all globalists. I mean, sound familiar? The same people that are pushing trans storytelling, the same people that are pushing and advocating for open borders, and the same people that are pushing the J6 hoax or the Jesse Smollett hoax or the Russian collusion hoax or the Ukraine call impeachment, um, you know, all of the same people are somehow in charge of, and they're unelected. Who elected these people and made them boss? I mean, Klaus Schwab's daughter, you got the Soros kids now, then you got the Schwab kids. Permanent climate lockdowns coming, whether you like it or not. And so we have this uh, Klaus Schwab hit piece right here. Let's take a listen to what he has in mind. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who are changing. We're going to not, we're going to change you. This is Christine Lagarde about um, digital currency. Those who can associate the IMF. use of digital currency yes. with... Well, she's IMF. She used to be IMF. She's now ECB, which is the European Central Bank. Those who can associate the use of digital currency with programmability would be the intermediaries, would be the commercial banks. And that's their business. They know how to do... So, so program... <laughs> the control, who controls your money? It's apparently not you. Tony Blair, George Bush's best friend, New World Order shill. Let's take a listen. I think there's a huge impetus now for a national digital infrastructure 
digitization in, in healthcare is, I think, one of the great game changers. You know, we should be helping countries to develop a national digital infrastructure, which they will need with these new vaccines. You know, it's the same players all the time advocating for the same things. Another UK economist. Let's take a listen. So I'm launching Jeremy an independent Hunt. review into the future of payments led by Joe Garner to help deliver the next generation of world-class retail payments, including looking at mobile payments. We're laying new legislation to give regulators the powers they need to reform rules on innovative payments and fintech services. And together with the Bank of England, we're exploring potential designs for the digital pound should we decide to introduce it. So everything's going digital. And, uh, you know, on its face, digital is not a bad thing. But the people that are running it are all part of this same censorship, disinformation, and censorship. They censor truth and they uh, push out disinformation. Again, here's another, uh, I don't know if we played this one. Prime Minister Modi has understood the importance no, of it. And your Tony digital ID program, I think. I think it's one of the most important programs. I, I keep most important program on the planet. Yeah, so we can control everybody. And um, here's Christine Anderson. Uh, she's a German member of parliament in the European Parliament. Oh, ultimately is to transform our free and democratic societies. Um, yeah, into totalitarian societies. Their goal is to strip each and every one of us of our fundamental rights of freedom, democracy, the rule of law. They want to get rid of all of this. And they're robbing us of our identity. Right. Again, you're going to be a barcode. So let's take a listen to this. If I was the deep state and I... The only way they get elected is this way. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America... I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that Biden. was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. J6. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. Trump. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. DOJ. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. Wow. You know, that's so true, though. And uh, that that went viral, that meme. I've played it once before on this show. Um, 
But uh, this woman, Janet Neo, sustainability officer at LREO Group, speaking at the World Economic Forum in China. China is expanding their carbon footprint and coal-fired power plants. The West will scale back, leaving the door open for China's Belt and Roads Initiative, or One Belt, uh, One Road, uh, Silk Road kind of deal. This is a global infrastructure development strategy in 100-plus countries uh, China, for China. Uh, potential competitors keep production power small, local, but controlled by dependent on China, not the West. So China is going to be in control of the manufacturing and the supply, and everything's going to depend on China, just like they were talking about uh, with Smithfield. Smithfield ended up controlling um, all the meat supply, but then China took over Smithfield, and now they control all the farmland in America. It's the same story. It's the same exact thing. And we can go on and on. There's just so many different things that we could talk about. Um, It's just, it's endless. But I played a series of clips to let you know that there is so much diversity in the thinking on this. Uh, Here's former World Economic Forum leader uh, for tomorrow, economic professor Richard Werner, reveals how his insider sources told him CBDCs will ultimately be held on small microchips implanted under the skin. You got Dr. Patrick Moore, Greenpeace co-founder, talking about the the, the, uh, CO2 is actually necessary for life. John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, is talking about how $200 trillion isn't going to solve the problem that China is blowing smoke. And you just have so many other opinions. And yet, there's no debate about this subject. That's the sad truth. Well, I want to thank the recent donations that came in. Um, We had a bunch of donations come in through uh, magapac.org. And I... um, I'm going to put a list together of the people that have been donating, and I'm going to read them off on one of our shows coming up. And I want to thank everybody for doing that. Um, like I say, this show is commercial-free. Uh, we're not running any commercials. It's not easy to do. A lot of show hosts can't even do that. Uh, just talk for an hour straight. Uh, I could do two hours straight. Um, the subjects are so rich. But um, we do it because we care about this country. MAGAPAC is a nonprofit organization that is uh, all about advancing America First policies to make America great again. And that's what we're about there. And this show is an arm of that. And so donating to MAGAPAC nonprofit uh, helps this show deliver its message commercial free. And that's what that's about. Also, if you decide to go over to MyPillow.com, we have a promo code for that. It's Red State over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy.